What do marketers need to think about as regulators crack down on misleading COVID-19 related advertising? I'm Alexa Singh, an associate of Manette's advertising, marketing, and media practice. And I'm Po Yi, a partner in the same practice. And this is Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manat. For this second episode of our new podcast, we invited Jeff Edelstein, another partner in our practice, to discuss false advertising issues in the era of COVID-19. Jeff is a nationally ranked advertising lawyer with a stellar record and reputation for the numerous successes he has achieved on behalf of various companies involved in false advertising challenges. Jeff has represented many different companies before the Federal Trade Commission, as well as the National Advertising Division, which is a primary self-regulatory body for the advertising industry. He's also represented companies in Lanham Act litigation. Jeff, both the FTC and NAD have been very active in bringing enforcement actions concerning false and misleading claims that products and therapies can treat or prevent COVID-19. As the FTC has sent warning letters to about 300 companies and individuals in this vein, could you give us a brief overview of some notable FTC warning letters? So the FTC has sent warning letters to about 300 companies and individuals, warning them to stop making unsubstantiated claims that their products and therapies can treat or prevent COVID-19. The purpose of the warning letters is to warn companies that their conduct is likely unlawful in the view of the FTC and that they can face serious legal consequences, such as a federal lawsuit, if they do not immediately stop. The FTC has stated that these warning letters are part of its ongoing efforts to protect consumers from health-related COVID-19 scams. According to the FTC, as well as the FDA, There is currently no scientific evidence that these or any products or services can treat or prevent the disease. The recipients of the warning letters typically have 8 to 48 hours to get back to the FTC, describing the specific actions they've taken to address the FTC's concerns. Many of these warning letters were sent jointly with the FDA. So Jeff, does FDA and the FTC have joint jurisdiction in these matters? Yes, they do. They have joint jurisdiction over COVID-19 claims and, in fact, any other uh, drug claims. And how likely is it for the FTC or the FDA to pursue further actions against advertisers who don't heed these warning letters? It is very likely. The FTC and the FDA both uh, take these matters very seriously, and they are likely to follow up with law enforcement action if a company does not uh, heed the uh, warning letter. Great, Jeff. It seems that the FTC has been taking more aggressive actions against some companies, filing its first case against a marketer for making unsubstantiated coronavirus claims in April 2020. Could you tell us about some of these actions? Sure. That that first case was a lawsuit that the FTC brought against a company named Holy Organics um, for making unsubstantiated coronavirus claims. According to the FTC, Mark Ching doing business as Holy Organics, claimed that an antiviral wellness booster supplement treats, prevents, or reduces the risk of COVID-19, and that his CBD products can treat cancer. The FTC issued an administrative complaint and then sought a temporary restraining order and preliminary injunction against the advertiser. In July of this year, the FTC announced a settlement with Mr. Ching, under which he agreed to be banned from the allegedly unlawful conduct. Wow, that was um, some swift action that the FTC has taken. Normally, you think of the FTC as um, taking a much longer time to 
to take any enforcement action. So from April to July, it's only three months. Yes, that was a very fast action by the FTC, which uh, I think shows that the FTC, the FTC takes these cases very seriously. So can you tell us about um, another notable FTC case relating to COVID-19? I think there have been, I know that there have been so many, but if you can just tell us about another um, action, that would be great. Sure. Another notable case was a case in, in which uh, the company had ignored a warning letter that was sent by the FTC. The FTC sued this company named Golden Sunrise Nutraceutical and some of its officers alleging that the company was falsely marketing its emergency D virus plan as a treatment for COVID-19. The FTC had sent a warning letter to Golden Sunrise warning that it should immediately remove all advertising claims that its products could prevent, treat, or cure COVID-19. However, Golden Sunrise continued to market the plan as a COVID-19 treatment. It is definitely not a good idea for a company to ignore an FTC or an FDA warning letter and the consequences can be harsh. According to the FTC warning letter, Golden Sunrise was falsely advertising its $23,000 emergency D virus treatment as an FDA accepted plan for treating COVID-19. The phrase FDA accepted is a meaningless phrase. The, FTC, the FDA does not accept uh, COVID-19 uh, plans. The company also claimed that users of its supplements can expect the disappearance of viral symptoms within two to four days. The FTC stated that the company's treatments could cost as much as $200,000 and yet were comprised mainly of various herbs and spices. A federal court in California granted the FTC a temporary restraining order barring the company from making these COVID-19 treatment claims. Well, it's no wonder that the FTC and FDA had problems with this. They were basically marketing a miracle drug. <laughs> That's right. And in fact, this case illustrates the premise that if something sounds too good to be true, it probably is not true. I think it's also interesting how um, the FTC picked up on this FDA accepted language. It, that's, I think when you see the word FDA, FDA approved, FDA accepted, that's the kind of thing that I know the consumers look, look for. And therefore it's very dangerous to be using that, those words unless it's something that you absolutely can use, which is not true in most of these cases. That's right. It's very uh, dangerous for a company to make a reference to the FDA with respect to any products that, that are claimed to treat or cure COVID-19. So it seems that the FTC is very willing to file cases inside the context of health claims. Has the FTC engaged in any other sort of enforcement action? Yes, it has. Uh, the FTC has also filed several federal court cases against marketers who allegedly made false promises about being able to quickly fulfill orders for face masks and other personal protective equipment. And given the fact that face masks and personal protective equipment are so important um, during the pandemic, the FTC uh, has taken it very seriously when companies have failed to fulfill promises to fulfill orders quickly. That's a lot of, lot of um, actions that the FTC has taken on, on COVID-19 claims. Um, but in addition to the FTC, I believe NAD has also been quite active in and closely been monitoring COVID-19 claims. What actions have they taken recently, Jeff? Sure. The NAD has also been very active in monitoring COVID-19 claims. On August 27th, the NAD announced that a company named Infinity Superfoods 
discontinued a social media post and blog post for its Infinity C dietary supplement. These posts referred to the use of vitamin C to treat COVID-19. The NED was concerned that they conveyed the implied message that taking Infinity C, which contains vitamin C, protects users against COVID-19. I think this case, as well as a number of the FTC cases, illustrate the fact that both the NED and the FTC will uh, consider claims regarding COVID-19 treatments or cures to be false, whether they're expressed or implied. I have to admit that I think uh, we also have a bottle of vitamin C in our cabinet. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with vitamin C. However, um, there's no evidence that it actually treats or cures COVID-19. In another recent case, the NED announced that a company named Truvani had discontinued a social media post for its immune support dietary supplement called Under the Weather, as well as two customer reviews referring to COVID-19. The NED was concerned that the social media post and the testimonials made implied claims about immune health in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic. So what's interesting is that these posts did not make any express reference to um, to treating or, or curing COVID-19, but the NED uh, reviewed them in the context of the COVID-19 pandemic and find, found that they made implied claims um, about immune health. So it sounds like the social media is where a lot of these claims are being made, um, and that's where the NAD has been focusing on in reviewing these claims. Yes, a lot of these cases have involved social media posts. Seems like social media is probably a good indicator of what an implied claim might be in the context of COVID-19. Even when express marketing materials don't reference it, if social media posts or customer reviews refer to COVID-19, pretty clear that that's the message that customers are getting. That's correct. And in fact, there was another uh, recent case that the NED initiated against a company named Proveza Health concerning a social media post for Proveza elderberry syrup. The post stated that the syrup provides, quote, potent immune support during a severe season, close quote, and that, quote, Proveza is highly concentrated to deliver antioxidant action for immune defense, close quote. The NED was concerned that the post conveyed the implicit message that taking Proveza elderberry syrup could protect users against COVID-19, notwithstanding the fact that neither the virus nor COVID-19 was mentioned in the post. The NED recommended that the advertiser address the incorrect views expressed in the product reviews on Amazon, and the advertiser, in fact, agreed to abide by the NED recommendation. So it sounds like the NAD and FTC are both actively enforcing against these types of claims, even when made on social media, in blog posts, in customer reviews, and even when COVID-19 is not explicitly mentioned. Jeff, I wonder what types of products have been of particular focus lately. I imagine there's a heightened emphasis on claims concerning viruses. Yes, there is. And the FTC and the NED have focused on a wide variety of products, including various treatments, such as intravenous vitamin C infusions, ozone therapy, acupuncture, chiropractic, and homeopathy, dietary supplements, nasal sprays, skincare products, a CD which was claimed to provide frequencies to resist the coronavirus, herbal teas, and processed water. Well, that's quite a bit. Thank you so much, Jeff, for joining us today and um, talking to us about these uh, uh, health claims and, and the actions that the NAD and the FTC have taken recently. 
it's quite clear to me and to all of us, I'm sure, that both CFTC and NAD are, um, are very active in this field and to fight against the dangers of companies taking advantage of the, the health concerns that people have um, based on the COVID-19 pandemic. At the same time, this should not dissuade companies from marketing their products, especially as science and technology together with public demand are fostering, I think, incredible product innovation recently. I completely agree, Poe. As companies market products that relate to treating or preventing COVID-19, they should keep in mind to not make claims, either express or implied, that their products treat or prevent COVID-19, since the FTC and the FDA have taken the position that there is currently no scientific evidence that any products or services can treat or prevent the disease. Companies should also make sure that they have adequate substantiation for their claims prior to making them especially prior to making health claims. Thank you for joining us once again on Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manat. Our team frequently advises clients on FTC and NAD regulatory issues, and we participate in advertising industry conferences across the country. To help clients stay abreast of the latest in regulatory developments, we recently launched our Advertising Regulatory Digest, part of our weekly newsletter, which can be accessed for free in this episode's caption or by subscribing at manat.com forward slash insights forward slash newsletters. See you again. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Perfect Balance, an advertising law podcast from Manat. The views expressed on the podcast reflect the personal views and opinions of the participants and are not intended to constitute legal advice or counsel under any circumstance. Downloading and listening to this recording do not result in the formation of an attorney-client or other business relationship. You should not act on any information in the podcast without seeking the advice of a competent attorney licensed to practice in your jurisdiction.